9% good press. Wow, three things that I think you need to know. We'll get into the weeds on that one because I find that to be very interesting. No kidding. When people are, you know, they're just trying to just throw negative and negative and negative and negative and negative and stuff like that, which, okay. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Um, now, there, there was something that happened yesterday. Let's just start off with some fun. Oh, boy. This guy is making social media a history. There were two Monday Night Football games yesterday. Right? Two Monday Night Football games. There was the uh, the early game with the Vikings and the Saints. And then there was the later game with the Chargers and the Broncos. And I was I was so close to winning my fantasy football, but the guy I was playing with had the Chargers quarterback and wide receiver. And I was up by like eight with like five minutes to go. And then all of a sudden, that quarterback threw to that wide receiver for a touchdown and I lost. So I'm really not happy with that. And then my running back had a touchdown called back. I'm really not happy about that. But I digress. I digress. Uh, there's a, apparently the, the second game, I mean, it's really like, it's the B squad that gets to call the game. Okay. You have the announced play by play lady. She did all right. The, the, uh, the analyst, he's, he's all right. The sideline reporter. I mean, it's ESPN. I know they fired a lot of people and ESPN is horrible. And we'll get to an ESPN story where somebody called Trump a white supremacist in just a second. Uh, makes you never want to watch ESPN again. Yeah, my mic's on. You jerk. <laughs> I had to sneeze. So anyway, thank you. Um, There is a sideline reporter named Sergio Dip, which is just awesome. Sergio Dip, the sideline reporter of the Broncos Chargers game, apparently got very excited about the Broncos head coach, Vance Joseph. Vance, if it rings a bell, he was a defensive back in the NFL. Uh, So Vance Joseph (laughs) and Sergio Dip normally is on ESPN Deportes. Portez, whatever. Anyway, so he's usually on that. Um, 29-year-old guy. It's not like he's new to this, but he kind of had a bit of a strange situation happen on the sideline. Listen, listen to what happened as the game was getting started. Here we go. It's a pleasure to be with you guys here on the field from up close, just watching Coach Vance Joseph from here. You watch him now on the screen. This diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL, and here he is having the time of his life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Who gave this guy permission to speak? (laughs) And I'm going to talk like this. Over. Who's like, yeah, yeah, we're ESPN. We have the best. Oh, it's such a blessing to see you, Mr. President. Thank you for taking time out of your day. Oh, gracious God, thank you so much. Good call, Ryan. <laughs> that was Julio. That was really bad. What's his name? Uh, Sergio Dip. And, uh, he, he, on, he was getting destroyed on Twitter, as he should, by the way. I mean, you're, you're asking for it. And you know what's just mean? Well, let me tell you, before Twitter, everybody was saying this to other people. Now they just type it to other people. <laughs> okay, so get out of here. Um... And, and I mean, wow! That head coach at kick. I'm happy. He's having the time of his life. And it was funny. They show the picture of the coach. He's just staring down at his play card, and he's just kind of looking back and forth. <laughs> you think the guy's like jumping up and down? Oh boy! So anyway, he was getting destroyed on Twitter, and he responded uh, with a screenshot of him typing into Google how to handle fame. <laughs> and he put this. That was kind of funny. 
That was kind of funny. He but has this a sense of humor. That's good. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Now on the other side, uh, at ESPN, uh, there is a host named Jameel Hill. Jameel Hill, and if you've ever, again, if you, as if you don't can't, if you don't like ESPN already, now you're really not going to like ESPN because. Well, Jameel Hill, she hosts SportsCenter at 6 o'clock Eastern Time. Co-hosted with Michael Smith. And Jameel Hill, something made her tweet it out yesterday uh, on 9-11. You ready for it? Jameel Hill of ESPN. She replied to other people's tweets. Maybe they put something out, whatever. She writes on Twitter, Donald Trump is a white supremacist who has largely surrounded himself with other white supremacists. Of course, where are the facts? There there are no Steve Bannon? Well, except he's he's not, but uh, you know, it's um his his uh son-in-law. Yeah, I know, I know. And I know what you're saying. I know what what can be done? What can be done? What can be done? Not Well, the fact that Trump is a public figure means nothing can be done. You can say anything about a public figure. To a point, I mean, you can't say that like the dudes had sex like five goats and whatever. But but you know, you you can you can say that kind of stuff. They're public figures. They're okay. You can say that he paid hookers to mm-hmm. pee on a bed in Russia that the former president once slept in. Yeah, exactly. And it's okay, just for revenge. It's okay. But that wasn't even a person in the media. That was just random. That was like John McCain sending an emissary to get anyway. Um, yes. So again, she can say that. Now it's up to the free market to believe it or not, or. Turn it off or turn it on or whatever you want. But ESPN has fired Kurt Schilling in the past for retweeting something that was conservative. Um, remember what they did to Rush Limbaugh? Yes. When Rush Limbaugh made the opinion, he, he, he opined, you know, Donovan McNabb, he's a black quarterback. He said, you know, he's a bit overrated. But the media is not going to condemn him because they want a black quarterback to succeed. You could agree or disagree. There was a big pushback in the, uh, in the late 90s. I think McNabb was in the 99 draft. He's a pretty good quarterback, but they immediately was building him up. And in Rush's opinion, that's what he said. ESPN fired him for saying that. Just, you are, you're done. You are done. ESPN, you watch, they will not do anything to her. We don't know if anything, we don't know if anything actually um, has been done. I haven't seen any reports yet. Um, she has a picture of herself with, with, uh, the Obamas on her Twitter page. Anyway, she just decided to fire that off. I mean, it's just, what it is, is ignorance. You know, I say things about people, but it's based on facts. You know, it's based on facts. It is how they act, what they do, what actions they have taken. Give me an example. Should I go with Raul Grijalva? Should I go with, how about John McCain? Let's go with McCain. How about, how about Jeff Flake? Okay, let's go. Jeff Flake, I've said that he is, um, he's been corrupted by the system. Because Chamber of Commerce and Big Agriculture are very influential in, uh, uh, with him because they, do do, they, they donate. And that's why when he claims to have want border security and everything else, he does. And he wants open borders for cheap labor. Chamber of Commerce, and he wants cheap labor for Big Ag, and and he, how how can you say? Well, uh, his own words. Remember how he wrote how illegal immigrants are great people. He used to work on his farm, his family's farm up north in northern Arizona, mm-hmm. and he used to actually when he was young, he would 
put on a hat and try to throw off the border patrol when they'd raid his family's uh, farm because they were employing a whole bunch of illegal immigrants. Mm-hmm. Very good. Then. So you know, when I that's why I say he is uh, he's corrupted in that aspect because he says that he wants border security and everything else. So there you go. So when she actually says Donald Trump is a white supremacist, she's free to say that, but it just makes her look foolish. And let me tell you, Donald Trump is the king of the lawsuit. That guy will sue anybody. Can't do it now. He'd sue anybody over business. Yeah. Over business. Uh, So anyway, uh, this woman also called the police. She referred to them as uh, they are like, quote, slave patrols. (sighs) ESPN. And I mean, (laughs) it's just it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. So uh, there you have it. Uh, that's the latest. Uh, we have more. We always have more. So there you go. Sergio Dip. Maybe Sergio could take the job of Jamil Hill if ESPN's like, listen, we just don't think that's responsible. You know, we just. Again, the government can't censor your speech, but your employer can. Yes. That's why the First Amendment is there for the employer. That's why it makes me laugh when people are like Facebook is censoring. Well, they have the right to do it. I mean, I hate it. Twitter, too. And they own it. It's in the license agreement. You just don't use it if you don't like it. Simple as that. Yep. All right. 621. Um, Oh, oh, I have an update. I have an update on Hillary's book. The price of Hillary's book. Hasn't even got... I I think it... Before it even was on sale, something happened to the price. Before it was even sold in stores, something happened to the price. I think it's going into stores today, actually. The price? Oh, yeah. Wait till you hear what's going on. We'll get to it in five. 622. It's your morning ritual. Me, Garrett Lewis. KNST AM 790 Tucson's most stimulating talk. Talk. It's uh, it's six twenty eight on this Tuesday, and you're hanging out with me and Ryan, and we love it. Don't forget, I have an iHeartRadio channel now. Either the company really likes me, or they're really desperate. Doesn't matter. Uh, Ryan put the whole show there yesterday. We got to put the the uh, Miss America. Yeah. And when I say we, I mean you. I'm doing. I'm doing. Sorry. I'm pulling a, a wife right now, where she they use the wrong pronouns when I they want you to do something, and they say we. I will make that happen, sir. Thank you very. Well. Okay, stop it. Uh, Seventy-five out now. One hundred four for the. Oh God. One hundred four for the high. But let me tell you. Apparently, by Thursday, ninety-seven. Friday, ninety-two. Boo. Saturday, uh, seventy-four. I'm just kidding. At least in mid nineties from Friday on. Which well, till that's all I can see through Monday. I don't know what's forecasted after that. My iHeartRadio channel, just download the free iHeartRadio app uh, to your phone, to wherever, and we're going to put interviews up, we're going to put, whenever we do them, uh, we're going to put special segments we think were really good, describe them, you could hear them whenever you want, on demand, Uh, and and the entire show, Ryan says he'll put up. Yes. So, it's all there for you. You go to the gym, you walk the dog, whatever it is, you you get Garrett 24-7, and you'll feel exactly like my wife. Which may may not be too good, but you still feel like her. All right, uh, well, why you stop laughing? You know, you know, you know how she feels, Ryan. I do. You know how she feels. Yeah. All I right. Scare people. So, uh, a story I saw: Amazon and Walmart have already slashed Hillary Clinton's book forty percent. What happened? That's actually the title of the book. What happened? And what happened? Why they slash it forty percent? I. 
Amazon and Walmart. Not even available yet. It was, it was released today. So this story came out yesterday. Uh, they have the price, the book priced at $17.99, but the publisher, Simon & Schuster, said a price of $30. Bucks. Why? What's good? Hmm. I don't know of anything worth 30 bucks. Nice steak. Mm. Oh, you're the worst. Twenty six ninety nine. Oh, stop it. So they, they slashed the price of the book. Uh, is it because a lot of it's already been leaked out? She's doing interviews and saying everything. How about maybe we actually lived through it and saw what happened? Mm. She failed. Um, like, you know, this book is like the uh, the book version of the Titanic, the movie. <laughs> you, like, why? I don't know. I still understand why people actually wanted to go see Titanic. You want to see a love story? You know, they're all going to die. You know what happens? The boat sinks. It hits an iceberg. It goes down. Why do you have to go see the Titanic? You know, I've never seen the Titanic. I know about it. I've never seen it. No interest. You're not missing anything. Thank you. Because you know what happens. It goes down. Uh, anyway, apparently the price cut has helped. It's uh, now number one on Amazon. And somewhere Jeff Flake is saying, man, I really need to discount the price of my book as well. And blah, 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 blah. You couldn't give those out for free, Jeff. I think Jeff has like a room in his house that's like floor to ceiling of the books because they haven't sold. <laughs> because he bought them all. <laughs> yeah, that too. And they haven't sold. They bought them. That's funny. Oh, Christmas is coming. Our, uh, our friend Alice Stockton Rossini who's a reporter out in New York, sent us some audio. She was actually out at the Barnes & Nobles. Apparently, there's lines around the block for Hillary's book. Uh, too bad there weren't lines around the block and across 50 states in this country on Election Day for her. Actually, I'm glad it was too bad. Anyway, so here's uh, Hillary. Here's some sound bites of people. This well, l- Listen to this one person Alice talked to who's waiting in line. Here we go. Poisoning. I have food poisoning today. Okay, good. <laughs> so you can have Hillary's book. Yes. What, what is it? What okay. is it that you expect to So find? there you go. Yeah, what is it? So she has food poisoning. And she's still in line. He's, okay, that's cool. Uh, here we go. All right, what do you think happened? Oh, multiple, a lot of things. Honestly, of things. I mean, anything in particular? Do you think she's responsible at all? Um, no comment. No comment. Okay. Do you think she's responsible? Uh, she has her flaws. I'll say that. Um. <laughs> Let's play. Okay, here we go. This is this is funny. The price. Here we go. Life. Okay. Are you guys paying full price for the book today? Yes. You are. Suckers. I'm paying, yeah, I'm buying two, so yes. All oh. right, well, they've already slashed prices at some places, so. That's fine, but we, yeah, but if you buy it online, you don't get to see her, so it's worth it. Okay, great. What's your name? Corinne. Thanks, Corinne. Hey, Corinne, I got a bridge to sell you. It's over there in Brooklyn. Um, here's another one. I already bought that. Oh, okay. Um, I stayed here for about 14 hours last night, and Hillary sent us pizza. <laughs> No, she didn't. Yes, she did. No, she did not. Hillary Hillary saw a picture of all of us camping out, and she sent her staff down cool. with pizza. With pizza? And we ate it, and then Hillary tweeted about it with emojis, and I could just cry because she's so adorable, and I love her so much. Of course, Hillary couldn't come down and deliver the pizza. She had to have her staff go fetch the pizza and deliver it. Why does she still have a staff? Because she can. Okay. Like, Gan- I'd, I'd like, like Gandalf yeah. and... <laughs> From Lord of the yeah, Rings? Yeah, there you go. That kind of staff. <laughs> okay. Uh, nobody asked about Bill Clinton's staff anymore, which is... Anyway, let's... Here's another one. I guess uh, the only question I have is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I love it. It's so good. It is so good. I'll tell you what happened. Uh, Crooked Hillary. Well, <laughs> he kind of came and... All uh, we do is win, win, win. That's true. That's true. All right. I got a, a, a ridiculous story. Uh, money being wasted. You want taxes going up, all this other stuff? 
Can we finally get people getting rid of some of these programs? The latest study that uh, your tax dollars are being uh, used uh, to fund is just insane. Wait until you hear it. Oh, and guess what? Uh, Berkeley, Berkeley, they're going to have uh, Ben Shapiro, conservative uh, speaker guy, Ben Shapiro, right? Guess what uh, they are doing for the students now that might have a problem with uh, a conservative guy speaking on campus. All coming up at about 6 minutes, 6.35 on KNST. Here's Feeding Talk. At 6.43, hi. Three things that I think you need to know. Number one, the good old number one. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Trumpster, according to reports, going to plan a 13-state, seven-week blitz to push tax reform. And the brilliance of it, besides that, and this is why he made the deal with uh, Pelosi and Schumer, because he wanted to get that distraction off the table, because he realizes once people get money in their pockets, everybody's attitude starts to change. If it's not rocket science, and he's actually on the side of the people, not the corporations or whatever else in the interests. Anyway, uh, he's going to states that he won where Democratic senators are up for re-election, because he wants more senators to be able to work with him. Freaking brilliant. Second thing. That I think you need to know. Justice Anthony Kennedy at the Supreme Court issued a temporary uh, uh, block on a lower court ruling that would have limited the president's travel ban. So now the travel ban is in full effect. It is in full effect. How about that? There will be um, a ruling overall in October about this. Third thing that I think you need to know, a study was conducted, research uh, Media Research Center, um, since June 1st, June 1st through August 31st, the television news, 91% negative toward Trump, just 9% positive toward him. So that's kind of a big freaking deal, if you ask me. Three things I think you need to know. Now, I love these stories, too. Oh, before I get to the stories, um, this is uh, this is also very important. We have the iHeartRadio Music Festival coming up. Oh, yeah. The iHeartRadio Music Festival. Trip to Vegas, airfare, hotel. Of course, you have the concert. Right? I mean, the concert is there. You want your chance? Your shot? Get out your phone. Text the word FUN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry, standard data, and message rates apply. Uh, next chance coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Ten times a day throughout the day here on KNST AM 790. All right, so, um, and I hope you win. I can't win. I hope you win. So, uh, this is... Uh, this is incredible. Why they spend money on this? Who approved this? I don't know. It literally makes no sense. But apparently somebody was interested in finding out uh, what uh, young children think about gender. Yep. Gender identity. Oh, yeah. Why not, right? Uh, especially when uh, they could be as young as four years old. I have a four-year-old, and if I say, what's your gender? He's going to say, what? What's the way? What? Yes, 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 yes. Um, apparently, hundreds of children between the ages of four and six and their parents will be interviewed about their, quote, internal sense of gender identity for $130,000. 138 actually. I'll do it. You want to pay me that much? Oh my God. I'll man. tell you what I think. Yeah, but you're not between the ages of four and six. Oh. A grant for a two-year study was awarded to the University of Washington this summer. They're going to interview 250 children aged four to six and their parents asking series of questions about gendered behavior. Why? 
Their internal sense of gender identity. You, you're a boy. Do you feel like one on the inside? Do you play with dolls? Do you play with this? Do you like guns? Yeah, I mean, what? 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 Why? What are you going to find out? The tar- oh, you know what? Target was wrong or Target was right in taking away the aisle that said boys' toys and girls' toys. Blue and pink to make it easy to identify when someone has to go buy a present. The grant says, again, 138000 bucks. man. Are you freaking kidding me? Prominent theories of gender development have discussed the degree to which gender identity results from an internal sense of gender and socialization processes. However, tests of these theories have been limited because for most children, internal gender identity and environmental socialization substantially overlap, rendering it impossible to distinguish the relative impact of each factor on gender development. Are you kidding? What four-year-old knows this stuff? You know what I asked my son? What was your job at school today? Teacher helper. Line leader. You know what I asked him? What did you have for lunch today? I don't know. Well, did he eat? Yeah. What did you have? I don't know. He's four and a half. Hey, what's your gender identity? Huh? What? Who? Yeah. The study will investigate whether gender theories, such as gender schema, gender schema theory that blames society on differences between genders. Society. Of course, it's not your natural instinct. It's society. Society telling boys to do things and girls to use the Easy Bake Oven, which you can totally see, by the way, and it has such a lasting impact considering the best chef in the world is a man named Bobby Flay. He's okay. Shut up. Anyway. A lot of the chefs on Food Network, guys, I mean, there are some women. Yeah. Uh, the pre- they're going to ask preschoolers what gender toys they play with. My son plays with trucks. Do you want to know why? Because he <laughs> likes them. He likes them a lot. Trucks. I went to pick up a daycare yesterday. Another kid, a little kid named Matthew, comes up to me. Hey, you want to see what I can do with these trucks? And my son, he's my dad. I'm going to show him first. <laughs> Boys fighting to show me what they can do with trucks. You know who didn't? Girls. What were they doing? Other stuff. It's okay. It's okay. The project involves asking 254 to six-year-olds and their parents to complete a battery of measures assessing early and current gender socialization. Dude, to put your kid through this, you're nuts. What do you get paid? Uh, anyway, so they're going to figure out uh, what preferences for gender-typed toys that are there, measures of related gender cognition. I mean, are you kidding me? 138000 bucks. Uh, Christina Olson and some Celine Guglos, Gulgos, she has umlauts in her name, uh, two researchers at the University of Washington are leading the study, and both are involved with the school's trans youth project. Of course, it's a longitudinal study of gender development and mental health of transgender children. You know, we have something coming up about that. A story about a boy um, who said, Mom, I want to be a girl. And the mom's like, okay. And then the boy a couple of years later is like, Mom, I don't think I want to be in a girl anymore. Ruh-roh. <laughs> Ruh-roh's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So we'll... we'll <laughs> so we will get to that as well uh probably in the next hour by the way 710 i've had this story and this is really incredible uh this isn't this is just one of these stories that you're like are you kidding me trump's cracking down by simply enforcing immigration law by telling border patrol do your job ice do your job 
You know what it's done to the construction industry? Any idea? Wait until you hear, okay? Wait until you hear. We'll do that at 710. Uh, uh, quickly, speaking of books, Al Gore, some updates about Al Gore's book that came out. Wait till you hear about Al Gore's book. What, what outs... What, um, what outsold Al Gore's book? <laughs> Wait till you hear it. Coming up in five. 651, Morning Ritual. Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM 792, Tucson's most stimulating talk. By an ebook, debunking his An Inconvenient Sequel. That's right. Al Gore's book, I guess, is being outsold on the Amazon Kindle by an ebook that debunks a lot of his claims. Climatologist Roy Spencer, he, Rush talks about him. I've been to his website. He wrote a book called An Inconvenient Deception to critique the bad science, bad policy, and outright falsehoods. Some outright falsehoods in Gore's latest movie and book. And now it's ranked higher in the Amazon's Kindle store than Al Gore's actual book. <laughs> what? It's true. Dude, he's getting outsold for that. Uh, the ebook, by the way, uh, published to accompany Gore's film is ranked 50, as a few days ago, number 51,031 31, uh, in the Kindle store. On Amazon.com. Spencer's book ranked into 1,201. So that's a bit of a difference right there, huh? Hmm. Kind of, it's a huge difference. Are you kidding me? Uh, so we have that, which is uh, which is nice. Now, um, look, there, there's there been a lot to be said uh, with the wall. I still think we need the wall. There's definitely a, a, a we, we got, we have to get it. More, apparently we're capturing more. They keep saying immigration's doubling, illegal immigration doubling. I think they're just arresting the people. They're not letting them walk right through, which is why the numbers are higher. Or giving them a ride. Well, that yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a story I saw yesterday about that. But uh, I got to tell you, this this is unbelievable, and it's not getting enough traction. So Trump is cracking down on illegal immigration. It's not a surprise. Illegal immigration, big boost to the construction industry. What are the impacts? Wait till you hear it, and there's a reason why you're not hearing it. Fox in a minute. 702, Garrett Lewis with you. KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Uh, so the crackdown on illegal immigration by the Trumpster. Uh, you've heard about, you know, yeah, ICE is doing more, Border Patrol is doing more. But what's it doing to the economy? Because, you know, the haters are like, oh, it's destroyed the economy. This is not good. We can't do this. Well, guess what it's doing to the construction industry? Remember the whole lie about jobs? Americans just won't do that kind of stuff. Wait until you hear it. And there's a reason why you haven't heard it. Because they don't want you to know. We'll get to it in five. Them Pennies on the dollar. Paying them nothing to do this kind of work because they could. Because they could, right? Um, kept wages down for everything that. Well, no, there's there's no evidence of that. Get wages down. Come on, come on. Um, here's the headline. Are you ready for it? And I don't know why this isn't really talked about. Shortage of illegal labor caused construction worker wages to rise up to thirty percent. Wait, what? Thirty percent. What? Wait a second. You're telling me that if the market's not flooded with people, illegal aliens, anybody else, which is what drives down labor costs, keeps them down. You telling me that if you get rid of that, people can actually get paid a good wage to work? What? And it's not. It's not government instituted where there's got to be a a minimum wage hike or some kind of what? No way. Simple economics, Garrett. You see, if I have this job over here, like shoveling poop, and I go, will you do it for five bucks, Garrett? And you'll say, no, I'll do it for 15. I don't want to do it. So 15 bucks. It works. Worth it. Thank you for explaining. Trump's crackdown on illegal aliens (laughs) driving wage growth. 
in construction industry in this country up by up to 30 percent. And I love this story. There is a strong correlation between immigration, particularly illegal immigration, and wages. Should be obvious, right? Despite the fact this correlation between immigration and wages is well documented, not many people want to acknowledge it, especially liberal economists. They see, and guys like Jeff Flake and John McCain, they see unfettered economic benefit to people crossing the border doing things for pennies on the dollar. However, it's not really... It's not really good, okay? And this, that's what Trump ran on. I don't like that you people are getting undercut. We should have Americans working. We can't just open the borders, let people come in and do things for pennies on the dollar. According to the National Association of Home Builders, more than 56% of America's developers are reporting labor shortages, which is forcing them to increase wages and improve working conditions to attract new talent. Who's against that? Who's against wages going up and improving working conditions? It's called the free market. Yeah, it competition, free market. I want you to work for me. This is what I'm doing. That's why I said, was it like two months ago, maybe three months ago? A buddy of mine who's a general contractor here uh, said he knows landscapers that were actually giving people signing bonuses. They mm-hmm. couldn't find enough people to work as landscapers. They're giving them more money and signing bonuses to come work for them. Uh, he said his buddy that was owned a plumbing business in town. Couldn't find enough people. He said, I've got jobs coming out the wazoo. I can't find enough plumbers. Which is why when Trump talked about, and I've been talking about it for years, and I'm sure you have too, vocational. College isn't for everyone. Uh, look, I wish I was handy enough to fix a toilet. To kind of do anything with anything that's in a toolbox. I'm bad. I, get, I blame my dad. I got to blame someone. Hillary blames everybody. I blame my parents. My dad was not handy growing up. I, I didn't learn from anyone. It doesn't come naturally, but we all have our own particular skill set, you know, and that's called commerce, right? I know what I'm good. I I, I know things. Uh, I don't want to say I'm good at. I know, I, things. I know things. <laughs> I know things. I can sp- I can talk good. I can relay things in a communicative way that don't generally make much sense. I know my strengths. I know my one flaw. And then we, you know, and that's why I I'm willing to pay people to do things. And that's just how it works. It's commerce. So. Wages going up, work condition, working conditions approving. By the way, if you know any of this, if you're seeing this with your own eyes, or maybe you're not seeing it, I'd love to hear from you. Your business owner, construction guy, whatever it is, contractor, 880-KNST, 880-5678. According to Ted Wilson of Residential Strategic, uh, Str- wait, I'm sorry, Residential Strategies, Inc., construction costs have risen by 30% this year, the majority of which is due to higher wages and increased overtime pay. Companies are being forced to hire American workers and pay wages at fair market value. Why? How? What's going on? Because Trump is cracking down on illegal immigration. That's it. And think about it. I mean, you you think home prices are going to start going up? It's whatever people are willing to pay. Homes aren't really that cheap to begin with. I mean, we have very affordable housing here in Tucson, but there are new houses going up that are, I mean, they're, they're starting in the, the threes, the fours, the fives, the sixes. And you think, I mean, I guarantee you, you go there, they're not all on H-2B visas or something. There, there are illegal immigrants there that are working. Because here in Arizona, I don't know if you knew this or not, you go back over 10 years, it's a state law that everyone has to use E-Verify. But the problem is, it's never actually enforced. 
The state doesn't make sure that companies do this. So it's been really a bunch of garbage. Um, so anyway, illegal immigrants, illegal aliens that undercut the labor market, not happening. They're leaving. Um, Stan Market, CEO of Texas Merrick, said half the workers in construction in Texas are undocumented. There was a story in the LA Times about that. They're, they're calling them sanctuary businesses in Texas. Out of all places, Texas. They actually have E-Verify in Texas. That works really well. But lawmakers, uh, the state itself, they overlook certain industries that don't comply with their E-Verify, like uh, home construction, agriculture, that kind of stuff, which really is bad. Really is bad. Uh, but this guy said the illegal aliens are leaving Texas. They're going to sanctuary cities and states. Many of them are going to go back to uh, Mexico. And this is great news. The American worker, real wages, real wages have not risen for the median American worker since 1973. If you just go by what the dollar is worth. Real wages have not increased for the American worker since 1973. So... Who's against it? I mean, at that point, you want, okay, you're for DACA, whether you're Raul Grijalva, John McCain, or Jeff Flake, you're, you're, for, you're for all of a sudden illegal aliens getting amnesty. And there's a difference between DACA and Dreamers. But you're for this? You want to keep wages down and Americans not working? This is a losing argument. 880-KNST, 880-5678. Uh, and by the way, I'm not making this up. This is not pie in the sky. You know, there are countries that have literally no immigration because they don't need it. There's no jobs. They want to make sure their own people have to. I'll give, I will tell you what country has literally a no immigration policy and what it's doing to their economy. You got to hear it. It's coming up in about uh, six minutes. And let me just tell you, if you get in your car, go to knst.com when you get to your desk, download the iHeartRadio app, listen for free there. You got to hear this. It's coming up. Morning Ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNST AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. We know you're thinking everything he's saying. Well, except for the crazy stuff that's flying out of his mouth. The Morning Ritual with Garrett Lewis is on KNST AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Seven twenty-five. How you doing? Doing all right. Good. Uh, iHeart Radio channel. I have one. You can subscribe to it. Download the free iHeart Radio app. Listen wherever you are all the time, and uh, search Garrett Lewis or the Morning Ritual. That's what you do. Simple as that. Uh, and then uh, we update stuff every day. The whole show, highlights, interviews, everything, all for you. iHeart Radio app, and then search Garrett Lewis, and that's how you find it. 104 will be the high today, hot, but we should be in the 90s for highs by Thursday and hopefully from then on. Uh, really quick, this is this is cool stuff right here. Um, as I told you about how, I mean, you haven't heard the media talk about the fact that construction wages are going up. I mean, they don't want the, 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 the good things to be talked about, the good impacts of actually enforcing, and not only cracking down, it's called enforcing the law. That's what's crazy. It's like all of a sudden, if you enforce immigration law, you're a um, bigot. Well, no, it, but it's like it's, it's like you're cracking down and stuff like that. Wow. And, you know, I me mean, as opposed to just doing the job the way it was intended or honoring the law. 
in the way is intended. Okay. Okay. What do you think? Uh, yes. Yes. Did I but, say uh, but, but, but if you say, if you say all of a sudden you want to enforce the law, you're, you're, you're cracking down, you're extreme. And it's like, no, it's just following the law. Versus if you don't enforce the law, that's like, okay. You're like, nice. I, I, I just don't understand it. So anyway, they don't want to talk about that, which is why I also brought up the fact that the study from the Media Research Center says 91% of the press on Trump has been bad since June 1st. 9% has been good. They don't want to show this stuff, which, okay, that's whatever. And that's why I'm, I'm giving you examples of what happens when you crack down on illegal immigration. Americans, doesn't matter what color you are, what sex you are, what whatever, it doesn't matter. Your wages will go up. That's just how it is. And then I saw this story uh, from Breitbart about Japan. Japan. They have very, very low, almost no immigration. And you know what's happening? People get jobs and their economy is growing. It's, it's really insane. Uh, so they, in this Breitbart story, they, they get a piece from Bloomberg News for global economics. With Japanese unemployment down to 2.8%, 2.8, companies are starting to recognize the need to lock in staff before the hiring pool disappears. This means paying them more. What? Yes. Paying them more. And the wage growth comes as Japanese government urges companies to invest more in high-tech robots and to pay their workers more, not to accept people from other countries to do the job for cheaper and compete with actual, you know, their own countrymen. So you have that. Is that nationalism? Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, that's the government's there to protect the citizens, right? And the but, legal residents. That's just I, how it is. I, I thought it was bad. I know. They want to say like, they, they try to make it as if Nash being a nationalist, all of a sudden you're Hitler and it means you hate everybody, which I, no, don't paint me. They, they create that narrative. They create that picture. That's not good. So uh, Japan has rising wages. They're going with robots, working with Japanese people, 2.8%. They're paying people more so they don't jump ship. The companies are trying to get the best people, and they're paying them more to get them. So all the companies, I'll, I'll pay you more to keep you. That's great for the people. Right? That's how it is. Um, robots, artificial intelligence, I'm not the biggest fan. But the bottom line is they are not bringing in people from other countries because they just don't need it. Um... Japan has high-wage labor, and they do it for a reason, and that's what we're trying to do here. Is that so bad? I, that's why I just don't understand. All of a sudden, it's, you're racist, you're racist. You're, that argument is wearing thin very quickly, and you know, an example of that is just Trump winning the election. That, that's just wearing thin, okay? Um, if Americans didn't believe that and they believed we were racist if we said, let's just let everybody in and take jobs and compete and drive down wages, then Trump would not have won, right? But we know what happened. Hillary wrote a book. She failed. They didn't like her policies. It's really as simple as that. What policies? Well, the policies of globalism and globalization and letting more and more and more people in. For what? For what reason? Just to compete. Simple as that. Just to compete with us. So there's that. Uh, and then uh, just, just the whole thing. Again, the, the story from the ESPN uh, anchor Jamil Hill, who tweeted that Trump is a white supremacist yesterday. Trump, President Trump is a white supremacist. Okay. Again, she has every right to do it, but it's up to ESPN and you to not watch, watch whatever it is. So, um, 
an example. Here's a story. Steve Harvey. He wanted to work with Ben Carson, who's the head of HUD, to help inner city youth. And he said Trump made it happen. He told The Hollywood Reporter. He met with Trump, said, I listen, I campaigned for Hillary. I wanted her to be president, but you're here now. I want to be able to help the inner cities. And Steve Harvey said, quote, we talked golf for about 20 minutes, and I told him, Mr. President, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't vote for you. Campaign very hard for Hillary. You're president. Going to help you. Um, and Steve Harvey said he told Trump he wanted Ben Carson. He wanted to help him. He wanted firsthand account. I want to tell Ben firsthand accounts of the real needs of the inner city. Right? He said, y'all keep closing schools in the cities. Why don't you take those schools that are closing, put some HUD money in them, reopen them as vision centers, teach STEM and computer and coding. He said, if you connect me with Ben Carson, I can help him with that. And Harvey said a few minutes later, he had Ben Carson on the phone. On the phone. A few minutes later. What a racist guy that Trump is. What a white supremacist. So they introduced him to each other. And now Steve Harvey and Ben Carson working together to create educational centers for inner city youth. First one to be introduced by the end of this year. He said, I've been to HUD twice. I've met with Dr. Carson. We're actually trying to get it started. We've had meetings. And now we're just waiting on the final notes. We have several teams in place. He said, I can help make it happen. And President Trump connected us. That's what business people would get things done. 732. I have some crazy college stories. The latest thing that offends people on a college campus. Wait till you hear that. I've never even heard of this. It's coming up in about uh, six minutes. 732 on KNST. Here's Fox. Media Research Center. Looking at Trump news on TV from June 1st to August 31st. Three months. 91% of it negative to Trump. 9% positive. Wow. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Three things that I think you need to to know. Now, um, I, I've had some of these stories. I've had a chance to get to them with all the news we've had with Bannon and the hurricanes and all this stuff, right? Uh, this is this is really this is crazy. You know what the latest thing that's offensive on a college campus, or could be if, could offend someone? Their your face, my face, their last name. Yes, it's gone to that. Their last. Name. George Mason University. Teaching assistants were told, avoid using the term last name and some other things. Just avoid that. Please, please, please. Uh, Teaching assistants were receiving mandatory training. They said, do not use words or phrases, including freshmen. Of course, we've heard of that because that's, that's like disrespectful to... Women, uh, whatever. Don't use phrases like freshman, last name, and don't use the phrase, it is easy to imagine. What would John Lennon do? Uh, Don't worry. These are good. These tips, strategies, created, suggested, put into a uh, guide called Creating Inclusive Classrooms. Yes, diversity, diversity, diversity. Don't ask students for their name, last name. Don't say last name. Don't say last name. What about their papers? I don't know. No. What? I mean, what if like they take attendance? They're like, you weren't on the attendance sheet. So I'm a human. I need to stay here. Anyway. Yeah. My name is Carl. See, uh, there's a Carl right yeah, there. Carl. Just, just say. Just, just go. I, I belong. I belong here. Um, the guide urged the teaching assistants to ensure the syllabi are written in non-sexist, gender-inclusive terms. Uh, humankind, humankind, and first-year student instead of freshman and mankind. Uh, and then the teaching assistants were advised, be inclusive. 
by not assuming students have, quote, Eurocentric name forms, like a first name and a last name. Don't they? Madonna, Pele. Who else has a famous just first name? I don't know. Uh, Cher. Cher. There was a basketball player. He may still be playing called Nene. Watch me whip it. Great name. No, different. Different. Oh. He, was, he was before that. For example, use family name rather than last name Ronaldo. or given name versus Christian name. Never heard somebody say, give me your, what's your Christian name? I've never heard of that. Uh, but what's your family name instead of last name? Because apparently if somebody comes from a place where they call it a family name versus a last name, they'll get offended and start crying and stuff like that. Dude, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, uh, they recommend that the teaching assistants make sure students can pronounce each other's names, uh, suggesting note cards with phonetic spelling. And they're encouraged to ask students for the name and pronoun that agrees with their gender identity and expression. Whoa, oh. When are they actually going to teach something I worth learning? I don't know. I don't know. Because in the business world, nobody cares. If you're trying to make money, you know what you're doing? Either you're making me money or you're not. And if you're not, you're yep. out. Yep. Yep. Uh, another I term. I my kids yeah. every day. <laughs> another term <laughs> deemed as excluding others was everyone knows. Everyone knows. Don't say everyone knows. Because it assumes a shared cultural context and can function to silence or discourage students from asking questions. Because if you say everyone knows and you don't know, God forbid somebody goes, I actually don't know. Which I can agree with. I, a little bit. I see it. <laughs> I see it. But still, you know, I, should people not have the, uh, the confidence, the ability to just say, you know, actually, I don't know that. Can you explain yeah. it? I mean, I've said that in class. Actually, I don't know. Can you explain it? Everybody knows Garrett. And then you get... I answered your yeah, question, Well, there you that. Everybody loves Raymond, but apparently not everybody does. No. <laughs> don't say that. Shh. So, yeah, you have that. Oh, I got another one. What? Oh, no, I have, I have another one. This yeah, is yeah. great. Uh, ben Shapiro, conservative speaker, not really a Trump guy, and that's fine. He is going to be speaking at Berkeley. Because they're free speech, baby. Free speech at Berkeley. He's going to, conservative speaker, you know, probably Antifa will show up with the, the bandanas over their face and stuff like that. Um, he's going to be speaking there. So what is Berkeley doing, right? What are they doing? They're preparing the students, right? This is, um, there was actually a, uh, an email that went out in advance of Ben Shapiro's appearance, which is going to be in two days. Uh, it was sent out to the Berkeley community. This is an important time for all of us as we work together to uphold our commitment to free speech and the principles of community. Okay, including respect for the dignity of all members of our UC Berkeley community. So they do all that, right? Um, talk about commitment to free speech, everything else. They want people to be able to do this without fear and everything else. Now, this is the best, ready? So as they're going on, they're going on, they're going on with free speech, free speech. Now, if you don't like Ben Shapiro, now generally, if you don't like someone, you just don't go see them speaking, right? Like, if there's a movie you don't like, you don't you don't see the movie. If there's a an artist, a, co- a musician, you don't you don't go see the musician. However, Berkeley also said, "You ready for this? Because Ben Shapiro's coming. Now, please respect everybody. They may not agree with you." In the email to the the whole community, it says, "Support and counseling services for students, staff, and faculty. We are deeply concerned." about the impact some speakers may have on individuals' sense of safety and belonging. 
No one should be made to feel threatened or harassed simply because of who they are or for what they believe. For that reason, the following support services are being offered and encouraged. Student support services, employee support services. We recognize these events can engender harm for some. Really be triggering. If you need support, the campus has several resources, including counseling services. They are offering counseling services for people that have an issue with Ben Shapiro speaking. Go watch a football game. It's too violent. I Maybe. He's going to be there Thursday. I, I've... It's embarrassing. <laughs> so somebody's coming to this campus that you don't like. Okay, here's the option you have. You don't see him. It's called the free market. You just, you know what? I think that guy's a jerk. I'm, I don't agree with anything he says. It would drive me nuts. I'm not going. That's not good enough at Berkeley. Not only should you not go, they're going to offer you counseling to make sure you're not triggered and your feelings aren't hurt or something like that. I should make myself available. Come here, baby. Yeah, there you go. Come on. It's Thursday. There's Thursday night football. <laughs> Go watch football. Is that it? You know what? Just go. You know, is go this have some a- wings, some beer, <laughs> and just yeah. chill out. It's okay. Is this a like a like a thing of like this is your campus, this is your school, and then they're like, oh, this is my school, and I don't want this at my school. Yeah, and then they riot. You know, and they have the guys showing up antifa. They even professors at Berkeley. Remember, they said one one of the professors hit a guy with a bike lock. Yeah, yeah. When Milo was speaking, or oh god. It, anyway, it's just it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. 749. Uh, we'll continue in five because there's 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 more. We got to get to the uh, the boy that decided he wanted to be a girl and then realized a couple years later, you know, I don't think I want to do that. And I have some more college stories, some really good college stories. Um, and my favorite sound of the day is the guy on ESPN, the, the sideline reporter, kind of having a meltdown live on television. It's all coming up. Morning ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AIM 792, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Oh, years later, has a bit of a... Change of heart. Change of heart. You know, we're running short of time. Can you just play uh, Sergio Dip real quick? Sergio Dip is an ESPN sideline reporter. He's with ESPN Deportes, and he's a sideline reporter. And apparently he had, this is going viral, he had a bit of a meltdown on uh, the sideline. <laughs> uh, Monday night game was the later game, Chargers and Broncos. Beginning of the game, he got very excited about the Broncos head coach. Listen. It's a pleasure to be with you guys here on the field from up close, just watching Coach Vance Joseph, from here, you watch him now on the screen. This diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, (laughs) defensive back in the NFL, and here he is having the time of his life. Oh, boy. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Any relation? Oh, it's such a blessing to see you, Mr. President. Thank you for taking time out of your day. Oh, gracious God. Here's Rush. Here's Rush. (laughs) 802, Garrett Lewis with you. KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. So, man, oh man, oh man, this is a, this is a crazy story. What would you do as a parent, right? What would you do as a parent? Your kid comes to you and says, you know, I'm a boy, but I want to be a girl. Would you go for it? Nightmare scenario. A couple of years later, this boy has now changed his mind. We'll get to it. Coming up, here's the news. <laughs> trans animal, trans dog. What do you want me when you grow up, Dave? Puppy. 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 Okay. How old is he? 13 when he said that? Yes. I'm just kidding. Uh, so you, you have that. And then you see the, this story, and I was like, what, what's going on? There's 60 Minutes in Australia. Uh, a, a 10-year-old boy 
a 10-year-old boy, he was 10 at the time, told his mom, I want to be a girl. Would you listen to your 10-year-old? I mean, if your 10-year-old said, again, you know, I don't want this chicken and broccoli for dinner. I want a donut. You'd say, I don't care what you want. This is what you're getting. The 10. The hell do they know? What did I know when I was 10? I thought I knew everything, but I always think I know everything. So, Patrick Mitchell always wanted to be a girl, according to The Independent. As a matter of fact, we'll talk more about this. Can you play that? Uh, because the end, it's a short clip. It's a preview from 60 Minutes. And again, it's on my page at KNST.com, and I'll put it on the Facebook page in, in a little bit. But um, this is just unbelievable. Um, just, just listen. Here we go. This Aussie mum helped her 12-year-old son to become a girl. When he was young, he would dress up in girls' clothes. Mm. And at one stage, he did say to me that could he be taken to the doctor to be made into a girl? You wish you could just change everything about you. You just see any girl and you say, I killed her, be like that. They changed his body. Patrick takes estrogen that had been That's prescribed right. for you. Mm. Prescribed for the he mom. He was on a pathway to create a life for himself as a female. Oh. I felt like I was on the right track to becoming a girl. No, the unthinkable. He looked me in the eye and said, I'm just not sure that I am a girl. You changed your mind, didn't you? Yeah. Is it too late to take it all back? Oh. Your boy's got breasts. <laughs> and at the end, what? Dude, I, it's 60 minutes in Australia. I don't know, it's just... There's a lot of hype in that commercial. There's a ton of hype, and then it like makes me want to go to Outback or something. I... Your boy has breasts. Uh, dude, what an irresponsible mom to give your son estrogen when it was prescribed to you. Where's the dad in this? Is there a dad in this? The kid, ch- uh, you know what? I'm not really sure I want to do this right now. Whoops. Excuse me? You know why? Puberty. That's, you know what? That's not, you know what? It's not bad. He's looking at the girls going, wait a minute. Wait a, wait a second. Um, according to the story from The Independent over in the UK, you wanted to be a girl. Uh, you heard it. You just see any girl and you say, I'd kill to be like that. So after speaking with doctors, this young man was diagnosed with gender dysphoria. Started taking estrogen hormones. Going to make a full transition. I'm assuming then he actually has his down there. He grew out his hair, and the treatment caused the prepubescent boy to grow a pair of breasts. Okay. Right? Um, he grew, yeah. <laughs> teachers began to call him a girl in class. When teachers started doing that, calling him a girl, that's when Patrick Mitchell began to question if he made the correct decision. So you see the girls, you say, I want to be like the girls. I'm 10 years old. I know everything. I know it all. You convince your mother, what a nut job she is, to say, yeah, here's estrogen, boy. You want to be a girl? Here you go. Here you go. And then in class, the teacher's calling him a girl because he's got breasts and long hair. And maybe the teachers were told, you call him a girl. And that's when he's like, you know, quote, I began to realize I was actually comfortable in my body. Every day I just felt better. Questioning the decision of becoming a girl. You know, maybe I like being a guy. And and here's the look. Whatever your thing is, you do your thing. 
just as a guy, it's so easy being a guy. I don't obviously they can't you can't transition and give birth. Okay, that's a the difficult thing. I don't even know what's more difficult than giving birth. But just think about the maintenance. Okay, women are always judging each other. We're guys. We don't have to be clean shaven in the face. We don't have to really, you know, wear certain kinds of clothes and shoes. It's so easy being guys. Are you more comfortable being guys? Yeah, you don't have to really. You don't have to. My wife gets mad. Ah, 20 minutes and you're ready. 20? What are you doing? Taking a nap? Oh, see, there you go. I'm slow at getting ready for a guy, apparently. Yeah. But, you know, you take the shower. You, you Do I shave or not shave? Eh, it's okay. And we've made it possible because if you go back 30, 40, 50 years, men were wearing suits. They were always clean shaven. I had to wear the hats. And nowadays, jeans and a T-shirt, doing okay. Even if work, you have to wear, you know, slacks and a dress shirt. You do it. It's okay. It's a heck of a lot easier. Than having to do your hair, put on makeup, everything else. It's just easier. It's just easier. So the mom said, he looked me in the eye and said, I'm just not sure that I'm a girl. Stop taking estrogen and now is going to have surgery to remove the breast tissue. Cost his mom a lot of money. A lot of money. Mm-mm-mm. I guess that doesn't qualify as child endangerment then. You know, this whole thing is in danger. Who knows what the laws are out there in Australia? Um, well, they're it, upside down. That's true. Everything seems to be upside down. So here's some studies indicate that at least a portion of children who are diagnosed with gender dysphoria ultimately embrace the sex they were assigned at birth, according to New York Magazine. One study conducted by the Center of Expertise on Gender Dysphoria uh, at the VU Medical uh, University Medical Center Famous gender clinic in Amsterdam found that about two-thirds of gender dysphoric minors eventually uh, said, yeah, I'm going to go back. Whoops. They reverted back to their identity that they were born with. What? Yeah. Uh, another study conducted in conjunction with Toronto Center for Addiction and Mental Health found 88% of male minors decided to go back to being boys again. I just saw this story. I'm like, wow. I mean, I don't even want to crack jokes. I don't even want to crack jokes, okay? It's just crazy. It's crazy. But this is what they do. I think everybody's just afraid to be a bad parent and hurting their kids in some way. I could see that. But I could see that. Yeah, but you got to be a parent. I mean, and yeah, for better or for worse. Yeah, you're not supposed to be their friend. Yeah. You're supposed to actually do what is right for the child. So that's why when your kid says to you, you know, I want ice cream for dinner, you say, no, that's not good for you. Oh, your teeth falling out. You're going to eat what I tell you to eat, and that's just the way it is. Man, it, I just can't even imagine. I just, that's just craziness, isn't it? It's just craziness. 880-KNST, uh, 880-5678. Can you... What would you say to your kid if he goes, Dad, I want to be a car when I grow up? No. <laughs> you I know, got the shoes. You got know, the bed. I talked about this. Maybe this is why kids are so pushy and demanding in college. Has it always been this way? And now it just gets reported more because we have more avenues to do it. I, I don't know. Uh, but I remember when a couple of years ago, Ann Weaver Hart was the president of the U of A. Mm-hmm. And a whole bunch of students decided to crash her office to make her somehow stop illegal peats from being built downtown. Right. 
And she's and she's like trying to make we even have the audio. And she's trying to be nice to them and stuff and and she's just trying to, you know, be kind of beat around the bush a little bit where she's like, well, you know, dude, it's off campus. It's on University Boulevard. It's not on campus. It's near campus. You think that she is the head of the U of A can somehow stop a private business from forming, from, from opening its doors? And I said, I just don't understand. Whatever happened to parents just saying no. But then you had the whole thing also with the 19-page list of demands at the U of A by every, every student group except for straight white males. They all wanted things. We want uh, free tampons. We want uh, cheaper, better organic food. We want all this stuff. Hire people that look like us. And I'm like, whatever happened to just saying no? Is it no. because we have a yes society instead? Like so your parents say no, but the society says, yes, you should have this. You're not, I'm not paying for it. So yeah, you should have it. I don't, I don't know, man. Everybody's worried about feelings. I just say no. No. You know, my eyes are being opened. I'm actually coaching my son's soccer team. Oh, boy. And uh, the other coach was able to go to a training session. I was not able to. I was not around that weekend. I did all the videos online. I do all this stuff to be a coach. It's great. It's, it's, it's responsible, but it's very interesting. Um, we had our first little get-together this past Saturday. And we were just doing drills. The kids dribble up and kick the ball into the net. Well, my son hit the post. Nice. It's a good kick, but he hit the post. I went, all right, good shot, man. And and the assistant coach or the other coach, I should say, sister, she's she's great. She's like, you know, at the training. I know it sounds weird, but they don't want us to lie to the kids. So when that happens, when they hit the post, they don't get in. You can't say good shot. And I kind of see it. I'm like, well, it was kind of a good shot. It was a good kick, but it hit the post. At the same time, I'm like, that's not very PC, which I'm kind of fond of also because. You know, if a kid kicks the ball and it goes two inches, a good shot. You don't want to say that either. So I get what they're saying when they say, don't lie to the children. Don't say bad shot, but don't say good. But what do you, what do you say? I better look next time. I, but that was one of the things. Don't lie to the kids. I don't think that's lying. Good effort. I mean, it, a good kick is a good kick. If it's off goal, you tell them, hey, good kick, but you got to get it in between the pipes. I guess, but there's all these different rules and things. And I'm you like, what? I, I, I'm just telling you, I, had to, I signed up for it. They, they yeah, did coaches, did. I did it. And and I'm like, man, I, I, I see what they're saying, though. I do, too. You know what? And I'd probably be mad if they were like, no matter what happens, tell them it was great. I mean, but that's not good for their... Mm-mm. So I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I, I was It was a shock to my system. I, just did, I guess I didn't even think about it. Where, no, don't say good kick. It didn't go in. What do you, but what do you say? You tell them, take some vitamins and try harder next time. <laughs> Go run a lap. I mean, what do you? That, that, no, you're not wrong there. No, you can't. No, no, no. That's, that's I took the video. I, well, now, now <laughs> that's like child abuse. What? Yeah, no, there's no running laps. Push-ups? Push-ups are oh, great. there's none of that. No, 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 What's no. What's wrong with you sit-ups? You know what? You can't do that. By the time he's five, he'll be ripped. I know, but... You can't, no, you can't do, there's none of that stuff. I used to run laps. They used to make us run laps at practice you when I played it. soccer. <laughs> when I, when I was like eight. Were you <laughs> but, talking yeah. back then too? Probably. <laughs> but coach. Probably. Yeah, I know. Uh, so it's, it's, there's just, it's, it's like a whole new world. It's a whole new world and I'm just not used to it. Anyway, uh, 822, your reaction coming up. 880-KNST, 880-5678. I have even more college stores, but I got to also get into this Trump thing about going on the big tax, uh, uh, there's brilliance behind it. Uh, trying tax reform, the most important thing there is right now. You get it right, and why he's going to certain states and everything. It's just and why he cut a deal with the Democrats. It's just unbelievable. Okay, unbelievable.
Um, we'll get to it. Coming up in about five. Morning Ritual. Gary Lewis, KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Ask your wife. Well, 829. Thank you for hanging out. 104 or so the high. Should be in the uh, 90s for a high starting Thursday, which is cool. My buddy sends me a text. I'm hesitant giving my 11-year-old kid cold medicine. Uh, my 11-year-old children's cold medicine. And women should be put in jail for child abuse. He gave his, their kid ex- estrogen to become a woman. Yeah, I changed my mind, Ma. My God. Oh. Too late now, kid. Yeah, I know. You I know. made your choice. You got to stick with it. I know. This. Uh, let's go to uh, John. John, thanks for hanging on. Welcome to KNST. How you doing this morning, Gary? All right, John, what's happening? So uh, I wanted to get your opinion on when uh, coaches say good try. What is what is your opinion on that? You know, I never thought of it until now that I'm a coach. And I haven't really officially coached anything yet. Uh, good try. I, You know what? I guess it's a bad thing to say because it gives the false impression that even if they did something bad, it was good. Right? I, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm in agreement with you. That's, a, that's definitely, uh, I'm, it's, it's one of my bugaboos. I'm not, I'm not real fond of it because it's not specific. Um, it doesn't say, you know, what it is exactly that they did, which is more to your point there. Yeah. And you can't, you can't and, say you stink. That was horrible. But right. you don't want to say and good kinda, try. And it kind of leaves a, a kind of leaves a open for interpretation. It's like good try, too bad you suck, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. He's not wrong. It's true. I know. So like, what? What do you? You know. All right. Next time, try harder. Next time, kick it like this. Hey. No, you, you you tell them specifically. All right, that great kick, but you got to get it between the poles. Yes. You the know ball. what? You know what stinks, John, is that what you're with, what you're hearing right now is years and years of being fed. Political correctness. You? Yes. Oh, yeah. You know what? I'm not politically correct, but it's political correctness to where it's like, well, I, if I say this, is it going to make the kid mad? Is it going to make the parents mad? Is it the appropriate thing to say? And I'm so not PC, but this is a whole new world for me. Well, and there are two different um, – I've seen a whole lot of different philosophies of coaching, but there are the ones who they, they're always correcting, always correcting, never, ever acknowledging what they did correct. Um, and then there's the other ones that it's pie in the sky and everything you do is great. You come flowering roses. You're the, you know, you you survived the game, so you should get uh, a scholarship now. Yeah, it, it, there's two different ones, and it needs to be balanced and measured. And um, from the coach's perspective, in my opinion, it needs to come. Why do I coach? Why am I coaching this? What am I trying to accomplish? And and really look at it from a from a long uh, uh, distant perspective of what is it that I'm hoping to establish in my kid or in the kids that I'm coaching, what is it that I want to see at the end of this? And yeah. um, I, may, I may just be planting seeds at this point, but what is it that I'm hoping that I'm setting in motion for them uh, for the long haul? Yeah, these are four- and five-year-old kids. You know, and you tell me. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm basically hoping that they have fun and they learn some things. Absolutely. They need to have that, the foster the love of the game for them. There you go. That they, that they yes. want to get better. Um, that they have a good experience, that the coach, uh, the coaching staff is there to um, to help them, encourage them. I mean, if we're, if we're, and you want to instruct them to the edge of their skill and push them a little bit further so that they uh, learn more skills. If you if you put demands on people and don't give them the skills to do it, you you create depression. You create an area where they're going to get frustrated and uh, and and really hate what they're doing. 
man, you know, I could coach hockey. Now I'm coaching soccer, which I quit at the age of 10. I'm like, oh, crap. I thought it was a bunch of five-year-olds and four-year-olds. Throw the ball out, go chase it, and kick it in the goal. <laughs> Get well, yeah, tired. Exactly. It's a lot of mob stuff, and yeah. so they need to have fun, and they yeah. need to uh, it needs to be directed. Uh, and, it, and it really does have to – you have to really have a mindset of what is it that I, I'm hoping to accomplish in this. Yeah. And, and then, you know – Everything that you do, kind of you put a little check mark next to it. Yep, that's getting me closer to this goal, or no, that didn't do that. And uh, at that age, yeah, it's just it's teaching some skill, and they should have fun, and they should want to come back and play it more. Yeah. John, man, I appreciate the advice. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a good no one, problem, buddy. Man. Have a great day. You too. It's just a whole new world. And I share my life with you. You know, and if he has talent so it's, in that game, in the game, you don't know. He's four. I know. And it's going to be hurting cats with the entire and he, team. And he could, they could like it, and they could like it for five years and hate it by the yeah. time they're nine or ten. You, Who knows? You start gentle, yes, but then you you work in the discipline a few years down yeah, the road. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, yeah, it, it's just a lot of stuff you don't even really think about. But, I learned a lot about this stuff, you know, with my kids playing this kind of higher league sports, yeah. higher higher level sports. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You find out the coaches are a lot more direct, a lot more tough. But the kids become tough and they play harder, and that's good. It makes them better people, exactly. And it gets them ready for life. And, and that's they the really whole thing. find their talent. Yes, yes. Yeah, so. There you go. All right, eight thirty. Sports talk. Uh, hey, God, no. But it's just. But this is what happens in life. This is what happens in life. Uh, all right, uh, eight thirty four on KNST AM seven ninety. Um, why? Why is Trump doing this tax blitz? The brilliance behind it. I'll explain. Plus, there's unbelievable economic news. Well, it's really good. Is the media going to tell you that? We'll get to it coming up. First, the latest on KNST from... Eight forty-two. thank you for hanging out. Three things that I think you need to know. Uh, number one, the president, it's been uh, leaking out. That's what happens. It's true. It happens. He's going to go on a 13-week, uh, seven-state blitz. Oh, yeah. For tax reform, he is going to states that he won where Democrats are up for re-election. That's kind of a big deal, and it's kind of brilliant, and we'll get to that stuff because it's really that good. 13 states over seven weeks. Did I get it backwards? 13 states over seven weeks. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, second thing that I think you need to know, and this is kind of a, a good one, um, the Census Bureau is reporting middle-class income has hit its highest level on record in 20 uh uh ever in in 2016. Middle class income hit highest level on record in 2016. Wait, what? Yes, the median household income. The highest level. That's that's good economic news, isn't it? Now, why do you think that happened? Hmm. Why do you think that happened? Uh third thing, I think you need to know is that uh Justice Anthony Kennedy, the Supreme Court Guess what? He said the Trump travel ban, it's in effect. He, the Ninth Circuit Court that had problems with it, he said, I don't see those problems. It's in effect right now. Let's leave it the way it is, uh, securing the country. There you go. Three things I think you need to know. Now, again, just really quick, this is the brilliance behind this and the people that don't understand why Trump did what he did. Big picture, right? You got to put on, we're all overloaded today, aren't we? So you got to prioritize things. You got to put, you know, what, what's the most important down to least important. So the government was uh, going to go for a shutdown. There's going to be a battle between Republicans and Democrats over the spending level. Most people don't even pay attention to this stuff. 
right? So Trump said, all right, Republicans can't do anything. You, you've failed me so far, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. I'm going to deal with uh, Chuck and Nancy to get this out of the way. So he dealt with Chuck and Nancy, got a deal on the debt ceiling increase. Oh, I hate the debt. Dude, we're at $20 trillion. What's the difference if it's another three months? It's a three-month thing. You know what that did? It bought him time to focus on what America really cares about. Our money. We want more of our money. We want our jobs to pay us more money. Plus, Trump struck this deal with the Democrats. Now, all of a sudden, Democrats can't be told by Chuck and Nancy, you can't vote with the president for tax reform. And they'll go, why can't we? You did a deal with him on tax reform, uh, on, on the debt ceiling. What, what do you mean we can't do this? You guys did it. And that's the brilliance behind it. This strategy, it's in Bloomberg, revealed by top advisors to about 40 allies, closed-door meeting last week. Trump's going to visit 13 states in seven weeks. And those states are the ones that he won and where Democratic senators are up for re-election. Florida, Indiana, Michigan, Montana, Ohio, Pennsylvania. So, Trump all of a sudden has hand. He's like Costanza. He's got hand and that's all he's got, but that's all he needs. I'm going to travel around and tell people we're going to cut taxes. We're going to make it easier to file taxes. There's going to be less winning by corporations up top and the people that actually can pay people to, to play all kinds of tricks and shenanigans and everything else. And remember, this is also the president. Remember that, remember that Rachel Maddow show where she thought it was great? We got the Trump tax return. And it turned out he paid a 25% tax rate and paid $38 million in taxes in, in, I think it was 2005. Yeah. So he's going to say, don't you want this? Don't you want jobs? And you know what? Those Democrats are going to be forced to vote with him or he's going to expose them and they'll be replaced by other senators. And it, you know what? Party or not party, I get it. If all of a sudden this tax reform goes through and the economy starts jumping even more, and more jobs are created. And your weekly, your, your salary is going up. What you make is going up. There's more, more companies are coming after you, offering you more money. You're in control. You don't think those Democrats, those Democratic senators in those states, are going to actually go more to the Trump side than the Nancy Pelosi side? Because they're going to be looking out for their own hide, aren't they? They're looking out for their own neck, their own jobs. This is a brilliant move. And again, it's probably not going to be viewed that way in the media because as the Media Research Center said, 91%, 91% of the coverage the past three months on Trump has been negative. 91%. I love this move, by the way. You can come at 880-KNST, 880-5678. Apparently, there'll be other cabinet members sent out after Trump in his second wave to do town hall meetings to really just push the message. They're putting other economic experts out there to do it as well. And he is trying to, he's trying to sell it to the people. You want more money? I'm going to help you get more of your money. We're going to get jobs in America first. This is really good. Really good. So I'm saying there's a lot of good going on out there that people don't really want to, well, the media doesn't want to talk about. Let's put it that way. The media doesn't want to talk about that. And again, median incomes now rise to the highest on record. There's a reason why all of this is happening. All of it's happened. Uh, we will continue. It is 8.48. I have some more. I got to get to some more college stories because I love those. They're, they're the best. Um, this is a good one right here. Uh, there was a, I hope we have time to do this. If not, we'll do another one. Um, there was a panic at a university because somebody yelled something near the Latino Center. <laughs> 
Oh man, I got so many things running through my head. We'll get to that. Yes, <laughs> we will get. Trouble. We will get to that uh, in about five eight forty eight morning ritual. Garrett Lewis, KNST AM seven ninety Tucson's most stimulating talk. If there was a player of the game, they wore a sombrero. The big sombrero. And apparently that yeah, player of the game put on the sombrero. Apparently yeah. that was that was culturally insensitive. But there was something else with burritos being served at a game as well. But anyway, I digress. At Cornell, apparently. Um, this is in uh, College Fix. Some frat guy was apparently drunk really late at night, early in the morning. No way. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Outside of the Campus Latino Center, yelled, build a wall! <laughs> and the campus like went into lockdown. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I said, they, they, they went crazy. They, the black student group chimed in. Oh, yeah. Latino campus group issued a list of demands, calling out the Greek organizations. Everything. Of course... I mean, what occurred to me is that it was the Campus Latino Center, which actually has walls to keep certain people out and certain people in. Yet, if you say build the wall, you're a bad person. I mean, this is, yeah. You sure he wasn't trying to say, like, build a wall of tacos because I'm hungry, well, but that he passed could happen out. Too. In a Facebook post, the Latino Campus Group Association, La Asociación Latina, Said a resident of the Latino Living Center heard chants of build a wall, build a wall, let's build a wall around the LLC coming from nearby frat house of Zeta, Zeta Pi or whatever. It's like. Yeah. So you, you want to know what happened on campus? I'll tell you when we get back in about 10, 856 on KNST AM 790. 902, Garrett Lewis with you. KNST AM 792, Sons, a most stimulating talk. We'll continue because this is just too funny. Cornell University, major problem on the campus because some guy drunk probably middle of the night Yells, build a wall near the Latino Center. Oh, what happened? I'll tell you in five. Here's the news. University said the person accepted responsibility for the chance and apologized. It's not known if this person was punished. The Cornell University official said, I strongly condemn the behavior. It's not what we uh, stand for. We're inclusive and everything else. That's what made me laugh. We are proud. It says here, um... It is uh, antithetical to our proud history of inclusion. This is what they they said in response to the complaints from the Latino Living Center. And the black student group that also got in there calling for the university to take action. So you had the black student group and the Latino Living Center. Mad that this chant happened and the school responded and said, yeah, that chant is not what we're about. We're about inclusion. At the Latino Living Center. You getting it? I think you get it. Uh, the Latino Living Center. Does anybody but Latinos live there? How inclusive can it be if it's just the Latino Living Center? Anyway. Uh, La Asociación Latina, an umbrella organization for campus Latino groups, put out a statement scolding the university for not adequately representing minority groups on campus. And there you have it. Mm-hmm. You know... I don't feel like I'm being represented. Where? In my culture. Enough on this show. Today's Tuesday. You're going to get us in trouble. And I really think we should be representing Taco Tuesday. And Ryan's Hispanic, so he can do it. I can do it. I can't. Now, I need you, with your white privilege, to go buy me some tacos. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? You know what it means. Oh, my God. Oh, okay, fine. I think we need, if there's another Hispanic listening that would like to let us, let, if you would like to give me permission, I think that's all we need. I'll I've, give you my permission. You, you don't count. I got my theme song. You don't count. You work here. You don't count. 
And I will give you permission in return to say Mazel Tov every time something good happens. In L'chaim, when you want to drink something. I like it. That's a good trade-off. That's not bad, right? Have at it. Appropriate my culture. When do we get some challah bread? It's challah. It's not challah bread. And challah... Roll? I'm learning these things. I'm trying. <laughs> it's not a roll. It's just challah. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Take notes. It's delicious. It is. It's great for French toast. It's great for French. All right, so let's continue. (laughs) It is. It really is. So, um, I was thinking corned beef, but okay. Yeah. Of course, the group asserted the timing of the chance was not coincidental at the time when Latino students were feeling vulnerable because Trump ended DACA. Now, why would any Latino student feel vulnerable unless they're part of the DACA status, which means they're here illegally? Like, if you're just a Latino student, you're like, so I'm an American. I. What do you want from me? Whatever. Uh-huh. So anyway, this uh, Latino group said Cornell didn't do well. They, they let these incidents go unchecked. They just did it. They just took care of it. This sort of behavior runs rampant. Like, what else? Anyway, the list of demands by the Latino group uh, singled out that frat that did this, I guess where it came from, from their own house. The Cornell, Cornell administration and campus Greek organizations, even though they had nothing to do with this. They, they wanted a formal apology from the frat, discipline for the people that did the chance. They wanted to be sanctioned, institute diversity training. I love the diversity. It's, yes, it's re-education camp is diversity training. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the national arm of the frat, Zeta, PSI, is that Pi? Pi? I didn't do the Greek thing. Anyway, they issued an apology to Latino Living Center. Student that took responsibility for chanting, apologized to the center's leaders. What more do you want? It's a fraternity problem. That's what, okay, that's what they're saying. The black students united at Cornell, which had nothing to do with any of this, put out a statement calling for solidarity for the Latino community. Hmm. So there you have it. That's what's going on there. Now, just for fairness, let's play Sergio Dip of ESPN Deportes on the sideline of Monday Night Football last night. This is my favorite soundbite of the day. Uh, right as the second game, the second Monday Night game is starting, Chargers and Broncos. He got very excited about the Broncos football coach for some reason, and this happened. It's a pleasure to be with you guys here on the field from up close, just watching Coach Vance Joseph from here. You watch him now on the screen. This diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL. And here he is, having the time of his life. Oh, yeah! Oh, it's such a blessing to see you, Mr. President. Thank you for taking time out of your day. Oh, gracious God, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Same guy? I don't know. I don't know. Could be the same guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, thank you. Uh, The 29-year-old Sergio Dip ripped on social media, as he should be, because that's just weird and dumb, and it all happens. And poor Sergio Dip. He was a good sport about it. He responded on Twitter in funny ways. Uh, But this is the best ESPN has. They're crazy at ESPN, but this is the best they have. And what was that even about? Why did they go? Oh, leave it to ESPN to go with the diversity of his background. I know you're thinking diversity. Well, what is he? Is he black, white? This, what you know? I just want to know. 
the diversity of his background. So Van, the coach of the Broncos was a quarterback in college and a defensive back in the NFL. Okay. So he was offense and defense, I guess. So that diversity is going to do well by him. I'm, you know both sides of the ball. Well, hang on. To but, the but, but the best coach in NFL history, Bill Belichick, he, I guess, doesn't have as much diversity, but they got to go with the diversity or... It's just, you got to use these buzzwords all the time. Uh, Bill Parcells, pretty good coach. Jimmy Johnson, pretty good coach. Or like Ditka. Ditka, pretty good coach. He was a tight end. Ugh. You say Jimmy Johns? What? Did, <laughs> Jimmy Johns. Did you say Jimmy Johns? No, Jimmy Johnson. Oh. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson. Like the guy makes sandwiches. What are you talking about? Oh, boy. Um, there's an update to this. Uh, the guy you just heard, Sergio Dip, apparently makes an emotional statement. He he didn't apologize. I don't think he apologized, but he made an emotion. So since he's going viral every yes, we'll play the emotional statement from Sergio Dip. <laughs> when we get back, it's just too much. I love it. Not I, related to fun. Well, no, but it's... Uh, do kids even have that anymore? Oh, yeah. Is that outlawed? Rotting anyway, teeth since 1962. There you, there you go. All right, we'll continue. you got to hear what he had to say after response to all this. Remember the boom goes the dynamite guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. The college guy? When I was in Waco and I was working there for six years, he actually ended up as a reporter for the local ABC station. It was like the stars aligned. And he did a pretty good job. He was very serious, all that other stuff. He, yeah. he was only Waco for a little bit and... uh I mean, it was just so great. Like, there's the boom goes the dynamite guy. Oh, holy cow. By the way, that would, and and the reason ESPN, they, they were pretty good back then with their writing. They, all the guys were doing boom goes the dynamite on the sports centers. But that's when like the softness of ESPN started because they felt bad about what they were doing. They didn't want, and I get it. You do it for enough and they said, all right, you know what? We keep, this guy's getting destroyed. No more. Let it go. Let it go. Because it wasn't his fault. If you don't know, he went to, I think he was at Bowling Green. University or something like that. And he started doing the sports highlights. He never did them before. Somebody called out sick. It was the student TV station. He gets in there, and the, the highlights did not match up to the script. So he didn't really know what was going on. And the man with the pass, and boom, goes the dynamite. That's that He didn't really, he wrote everything, and it didn't match up. So somebody screwed up, and when you're in front of the camera, you're left out to dry. You're go. hung out to dry. You're hung yeah. out to dry. Nothing you can do. You're like naked out there. You're exposed. So they said, I won't do this anymore. And that's when they kind of kind of went soft. So we'll hear uh, Sergio Dip's emotional video after what happened. Of course, you could just ignore it and move on. I mean, you got some pub and whatever. Uh, 919, we'll get it coming up in about 5. KNST AM 792, Tucson's most stimulating talk. 925. Hi. It's Tuesday. I'm going to put these videos up at KNST.com and then on my Facebook page, KNST.com slash, or no, I'm sorry, Facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like and follow it. I have work to do. Uh, this is crazy. This is craziness right here. Um, This Sergio Dip, do you feel bad because of what happened and people are kind of ragging on him? Because if you do, don't. If you want to know why he's working at ESPN, you're about to hear why he, he qualifies to work at ESPN because he fits in with the mentality of it, which is just crazy. So a couple hours after he, you know, look, he made a gaffe. It happens. 
It happens. He tries to play the race card. Listen to this. Here we go. In his hotel room, a couple hours after the game. Go ahead. It's been a couple of hours now trying to digest what just happened to a 29-year-old Mexican guy like me. Hmm. It's 9-11. I'm in Denver, Colorado. And this is the NFL. A Monday night football game between the Broncos and the Chargers. The biggest stage possible. Oh, boy. I was studying my elementary school September 11, 2001 in Calexico, California. Born in Mexicali, Baja California, Mexico. But growing up in the American environment as a minority. A minority like head coaches, Vance Joseph and Anthony Lynn. Broncos and the Chargers. So what I wanted to do was to show some respect. Making my debut as a minority on American national TV. The biggest stage out there. On the most heartfelt day in this great country made up by immigrants. Mm. And on some people's perspective, it all went wrong. But I truly meant no disrespect because all I wanted to do was to show some love to these two historical head coaches. Because they're black? Hopefully, I'll have another chance. Uh, And be sure. I'm sure you will. I'll make the most out of it. (laughs) Wow. Very dramatic. Uh, Apparently, don't look at anything except for the fact that he is a minority. And I'm confused. He says he's Mexican, but he was... In Mexicali. Mexicali. Which is, isn't that in California? Or is that Calexico? I, anyway. Google Maps. Here's the thing. What did this ESPN guy focus on the most? The fact that the two coaches of this team are black. You know what I focus on? Who's the best coach? I don't say Bill Belichick's the best coach because he's white. So apparently this guy, as a minority, wanted to point out other minority stuff, and that's it. So he, he grew up, he's born in Mexico, that's in Mexico. Yeah, right. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, nobody's judging you because you're a minority, Sergio. They're judging you because you screwed up and were really, really, really weird on the sideline. They're judging, this is the thing, they're not judging you because you're a Mexican man. They're judging you on your job. It's no color, it's no sex, it's no gender, it's not height, it's not weight, it's not religion. They're judging you on the job you did. If you did a fine job, nobody would say a thing about it, except maybe, hey, that guy was a good sideline reporter. Or for the most part, the sideline reporters are kind of like wallpaper. You know, they go around, they give some info, nobody really remembers. Nobody really, I mean, if they do, great. If not, okay, whatever. But this guy is out there basically trying to say, that he would listen. You can't be mad at him because he was celebrating two black head coaches. Who's mad? That's the thing. Or he, he thinks, can't make fun of him. 
Can't make fun of him because he's a minority. You guys, I was just trying to do the best job I possibly could. Well, that's the thing. You don't have to bring up that you're Mexican. You don't have to bring up these guys are black. You know, that's why he brought up the word diversity, even though it wasn't based on color. It was based on his background of being a quarterback in college and a defensive back in the National Football League. I got it. I got it. What? Good try, Sergio. Yeah. Good try, <laughs> we're not, we're Sergio. We're not falling for it. Good try, Sergio. You know what he tried to do? He tried to do what I try to do when I make a mistake, <laughs> and I try to pay the pity party to my wife, and she never falls for it. Ever. Dude, this guy's going to be management at ESPN soon. <laughs> yes, he is. You know, the same geniuses that are like, wait, Robert Lee is going to call <laughs> the game in Virginia? We can't have that happen. He's Asian. Doesn't matter. He has nothing to do with Robert E. Lee, and B- nobody's going to notice. Dude. <laughs> ESPN. So, you know, that's, that's, oh, yeah, please, you can't say anything. You can't do anything. You can't be mad. I was celebrating diversity, all this other stuff. Meanwhile, his cohort over at ESPN, Jameel Hill, decides to throw it on Twitter that President Trump, I'm sorry, not even President Donald Trump, she tweets this. She does the 6 p.m. Eastern Time Sports Center. Donald Trump is a white supremacist who has largely surrounded himself with other white supremacists. That's okay, right? That's there's nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong with that. And yet somehow Sergio thinks people are like mocking him because he's Mexican. Play this. Play the the goof up, Sergio. Again, uh, we're mocking you, Sergio, because it was just weird how you got so excited, a little too excited, a little too exuberant for a football coach at the beginning of the game. And if you watch the video, and I'm putting it up right now at KNST.com, if you watch the video, the coach they show as he's talking, the coach is literally just looking down at his plays. He's not jumping up and down, nothing like that. <laughs> he's just looking at the game. He has a sharpie in his hand. He's marking stuff off. Yet this is what Sergio did, which was so stupid and weird. Go ahead. It's a pleasure to be with you guys here on the field from up close, just watching Coach Vance Joseph from here. You watch him now on the screen. This diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Mm -hmm. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL. And here he is. Having the time of his life. He just tried to get into it. The crowd was going crazy at Mile High Stadium. Not because the coach is black, but because the game just started. And kickoff happened. He's in the hype. But, I mean, it's... Mark, into the yeah, hype. Exactly. You know what? You want to focus on his diversity as a quarterback and a defensive back? Then bring me something football-like. Don't celebrate the fact that he's black and diversity because he was a, the offensive guy and a defense. <laughs> There you go. Uh, just <laughs> thanks. It it's just it's beyond dumb. The it beyond anyway. Uh, so there you have it. That's the latest. Eight eight zero KNST. Eight eight zero five six seven eight. Should have quit while you were ahead. He did. He did try for the pity, didn't he? Yeah. Good call, Ryan. He did try for the pity, and and we're not we're not going there. We're not going there. I told you I wanted to play the song at the All end right. of his. Uh, what do you want to? It just matched so well. You think so? Because it's so sad. Yeah. And oh. you know, I was just trying. I was just doing my best. Was he? Oh. <laughs> I could take that, really it, bad. that. I could take that post and make a remix that would fit this song perfectly. 
<laughs> and maybe I should because his tone was just like, oh, I'm so sad. I'm so I'm Oh, my feelings. boy. Oh, boy. <clears throat> Be thirsty, my friends. Dude, just just nuts. Just nuts. What do you want? I, a lot of, you know what? Let's go more PC stuff. Portland police. Portland police. You have to hear why they are getting rid of their database, a database for gang members. You hear about this one? Who needs that? Yeah, I know. Why do your job and, you know, watch out for the bad guys so the good people can be safe. Uh, you'll hear it coming up in about uh, six minutes, 934 on KNST. Here's the latest from Fox. Talk. Yes, yes it is. 942, three things that I think you need to know. Uh, number one. President Trump is going to go on a 13-state, uh, uh, seven-week or is it right the other way around? I keep messing it up. Am I getting uh, dyslexic? Is it seven states? Am or I appropriating someone's thing? It is thirteen states over seven weeks. That's what I said. Thirteen states over seven weeks. That's yeah. right. Uh, to sell tax reform. Now the key thing is he's going to the seven states uh, where he won, and Democratic senators are up for re-election. Oh 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 oh! Flip time. Uh, second thing that I think you need to know: average median income from uh, middle class, highest now than it has ever been. Economy's getting a bit better, isn't it? It's getting a bit better. Third thing I think you need to know is that uh, Justice Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy has uh, looked at the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling on the Trump travel ban, where they're like, "No, nah, we don't like it. We don't." And he said, "You know what? It's good." And he has issued a stay, so it will be enforced. How about that? Three things I think you need uh, to know. Now, just some more PC stuff that literally makes no sense. Certain cities and towns are like, what the heck? And, and Tucson is kind of like one of them, but it's, man, oh, man. I mean, we, we do some crazy things here. All gun stuff. But get this. In Portland, they are going PC to the next level. Uh, for about 20 years, the Portland police had a practice. They issued gang member designations, right? Gang. So... They knew who was a gang member and who wasn't. They designated that guy's a gang member, that guy's a gang member, right? Um, Apparently, they are now ending this. They are no longer going to maintain a database of suspected gang members. That, again, only seen by the police. Why are they no longer going to have a database of suspected gang members? See, there's concerns the vast majority of people with the gang label are racial minorities. And you can't have that. You can't have that yeah if you have a gang member designation police say it can lead to unintended consequences and a lifelong stigma even for those who have given up the gang lifestyle heck of a lifestyle uh, officials are going to notify about 300 people on the gang list that they are going to purge all records related to the designations and this is the best part ready Captain Mike Krantz, Portland Police. There are still criminal gang members. That doesn't go away because we don't have a gang designation. We're not pretending gang violence doesn't exist. We're just taking this one thing away. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that like a good resource to know if somebody is a gang member or could be considered a gang member? Yeah. So uh, police could have a heads up as to who could be a bad guy and who could not be a bad guy to keep the police safe. And on top of that, could keep the community safe. Do you, the community probably would like, if they're a good person in the community, no gang members walking around. 
Just throwing it out there. Could be, could be a shot in the dark here. And now that police are taking away their ability to identify possible gang members, I don't see how that's actually good for the community. But then again, what do I know? I'm not a police officer, right? That's PC gone wild. We can't do this anymore. We can't, we can't do it because... So what if they were all white? What if they... Um, what a, a white gang? Come on. Yeah. I'm not even talking about neo-Nazis or KKK. Um, what about, what about, uh, I mean, there are drug dealers that are white. There are gangbangers that are white. What if it's like a whole bunch of meth dealers? Um, what was the, what was the show again? Hey, hey, uh, right. What was the show on AMC again? Uh, the guy, what's his name? Making, making the drugs, making the meth. Oh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Mr. White. I'm pretty sure that you could identify that guy's drug dealer and probably a gangbanger, something like that. He has a gang of drug dealers. You make this stuff, you sell this stuff. Yeah, that's what's going on there. Isn't that just, isn't that beautiful? That's a, it's a nice one. Holy cow. So, yeah, uh, no more gangbanger. Well, you can't, you can't, shh, shh, you can't say anything. Well, I had Anthony on the phone. You can barely hear him, though. He said, uh, what about the, the, the mafia? The mafiosos out there. They're all Italians. Yeah, Are and you, they're white. And they're white. Are you going to take them off whatever list they're going to be on? Or Suspected on? mafia members? Yeah. I would think probably not, and I wouldn't want them to be off that list. I want them to be investigated. That's... <laughs> But down you, with those white guys. But you're being racist now. And you, uh, what if you, you get know. out of the mafia and you're going to be a, the milkman and you can't because you're a former mafia. Well, you can still be it, but they might suspect you're still on the list because you never know. I, I I heard in a movie one time when you try to get out, they just breathe, they grab you, suck you right back in. Speaking of gangs, Antifa. Another, I had an Antifa story yesterday for you. Uh, I have another one for you today. Now, uh, I'm waiting. Ryan, have you seen, I have to ask you because you're not white, have you seen any that I've missed any stories about white supremacists, KKK members, neo-Nazis, anything like that? Have you seen anything? Any, anything? Not Are they I've showing seen. up at parks, rally, anything? No. All right. Uh, Daily Caller, Kansas City police disarmed armed Antifa communist rally. Wait, what? Yes. Kansas City police this past weekend took the ammo of armed Antifa groups. They were marching in a park there. In Kansas City, Washington Square Park, semi-automatic rifles, ammunition, activists from the Kansas City Revolution Collective, Serve the People, and Progressive Youth Organization. They rallied within the park to share the, uh, to, to the anti-Sharia group act from anyway. Uh, so these guys show up and they look, I mean, look like third world terrorists. They're dressed in black. They have, uh, like the red bandanas on their face. They carried flags, the Antifa people, bearing the communist symbol. The communist symbol. The Kansas City Revolutionary Collective calls itself a Marxist, Leninist, Maoist collective. Isn't that nice? What a trifecta. Wait, wait. Yeah. And they're supposed to be like anti-fascist governments? Mm -hmm. They're all pro-communist. I know. It's the best part. So they're all that. Uh huh. Their collective that has posted calls for self-preservation against far-right militias, whom they claim support are supported by President Donald Trump. So, like, what do they call the far-right militia? KKK, neo-Nazis. Uh, yeah, those aren't far-right. Those are actually far-left. The Nazis. If you go to Nazi Germany, that was big government control. That's not a right thing, anyway. Um, everybody gets that wrong. So anyway, it fits their narrative. Yeah. So police show up. Kansas City Star has the story. Police order the disarmament of the uh, and the removal of their ammunition. 
Uh, they did comply, but several several complained, or they claimed the disarmament violated their rights under the state's open carry statutes. Uh, some said we'll fight the order. They didn't take any action, though. Police told local news the ordinance allows people to possess weapons. You love this, but ammunition can't be with the weapon. Adding the ordinance prohibits open carry anywhere in the city unless they have a concealed carry permit. But Antifa showing up, doing this stuff, causing trouble, looking like terrorists. But hey, you know, who is Trump to call those guys out, right? 950. But if you like the communist thing, that, that's for you. Right? That's for you. 950. We'll continue. Morning ritual. Gary Lewis. KNST AM 790 Tucson's most stimulating talk. And funny at the same time, because it's not me growing breasts. L- listen, listen to the end of this story. Here we go. You changed your mind, didn't you? Yeah. Is it too late to take it all back? Your boy's got breasts. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just too funny. That's just too funny. You know what the wrong part about that is? What? I'm fat and I got breasts too. Well, but you didn't shoot. Well, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't take estrogen. Didn't you took cheeseburgers. Oh boy, <clears throat> I it's just something about that whole accent that just does. That's on my page at knst.com. Okay, it's <laughs> cheeseburgers. Oh, I love it. You took cheeseburgers, man. That's just the way it is. Oh boy, uh, beautiful. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, and I have the story of, uh, well, you can see the video of the meltdown, the meltdown of, uh, of the ESPN reporter, Sergio Dip. I, I will eventually, when it comes out, I will post the actual YouTube video of his, um, his pity party where he's saying, don't make fun of me. I'm a minority. And I was trying to celebrate minorities and stuff like that, but I just don't think that's really going to, I don't think it's going to cut it. Okay. He's celebrating at the wrong time, my man. You're playing football. We're not celebrating. We're trying to win. We don't care. We're judging you on your job. That's what yeah. we're supposed to do. We're judging you on your job. Now leave me alone. My goodness. Now I'll put up on KNST.com what I thought was the best story of, of the day, which people, for some reason, aren't talking about. The fact that the president is cracked down. And again, I'm hearing rumblings, by the way, that he is not. Now they're coming out saying he is not going to trade DACA for funding for a wall, which bothers me. That's, but you know what? Until I hear from Trump's mouth. That, that's what people within the administration are saying, which is bothering. I'm like, come on, man. You got, you know, really? Really? Don't do this. Don't do it. But I'm hearing rumors of that, and I've read some stories. Oh, no, it's a non-starter. He knows they're not going to want to negotiate that. Blah, 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 blah. But anyway, Trump cracking down on illegal aliens by simply, and he's not cracking, he's enforcing immigration law. It has driven up the wage growth in U.S. construction by 30% because the illegal aliens have gone back to Mexico or sanctuary cities or whatever else. Uh, wages. 56% of America's developers are reporting wage, uh, uh, sorry, labor shortages, and it's making them increase wages and improve working conditions to attract new talent. That is a big deal. That's the whole point of this. The whole point and why isn't that out there? Why isn't that actually being talked about, being promoted? Because, again, 91% of the news the past three months, study was done, Media Research Center, 91% negative to Trump. Anyway, uh, we'll have more. Rush is coming up next. We will have more tomorrow. Go check out KNST.com and my Facebook page. See ya.